everybody. Welcome back to the Role Player Podcast presented to you by the good folks over at Switch Cultures and Eurohoops.net. Be sure to follow us on the Switch Cultures YouTube page and all socials with the handle at the Role Player Pod on Instagram and the underscore the underscore and at underscore the role the role P on Twitter. I can't talk today already. Good, good but I man, I'm a little, good? Had a, I had a little coffee today, but you know what it is, man. I am Jordan Taylor. I'm still rocking with my guy, Stanford gentleman, retired 11 year overseas vet and co founder at Swiss Cultures. The one and only Anthony Goods. Man, I had a little coffee today, so my brain ain't working, man. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's My brain's been racing, my heart pumping. I normally don't drink coffee like that. So, hairline's still on point, though. You see it. <laughs> you see yeah, it. Yeah, all right. You see it. What's happening, hey. man? <laughs> nah, man, I'm chilling, man. Just glad to be back on the uh, glad to be back on the pot. Yeah, all right, shoot. You a little quiet today. You all right? You tired? What is it? What's, what's going on? Oh, no. Nah, I'm good. I, I'm about to be on the island tomorrow. So, you know what I'm saying? I'm, <laughs> I'm just trying to get through it. I'm going to be in DR while y'all out there while y'all out there playing, keeping Switch Cultures afloat. I'm going to be on the island chilling, man. So. That boy living a good life, man. Living a good life, man. <laughs> yeah. I guess got a hat on today, man. One rule one rule of the show, man. When you come on the show, you got to show the hairline, dog. You got to show the hairline. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We good. <laughs> you got, you got, yeah, we good. Okay, crispy. Yeah, he's good. You know, I've been on here rough several times, man. So it's uh, you know what I'm saying? That's that's one rule of the show. But listen, man, we got a really, really special guest, really another great guest for you. Uh we got the one and only Lorenzo Brown, man. We six year, was it six year NBA vet? Spent time yeah, six. with the six six years, spent time with the Sixers, Timberwolves. Suns, Raptors, and now a EuroLeague vet the past uh, three-year three EuroLeague vet. He was an NBA G League MVP in 2018, first-team All-NBA G League, two-time NBA D League All-Star, and second-team All-ACC, and third-team All-ACC. So that's two times back in the day. And most recently, uh, most recently notable, a EuroBasket champion, Congratulations to you on that, man, and we we appreciate, appreciate you stepping you. up and joining and joining us, man. So uh, thanks for having me, man. It's an honor. No doubt, no doubt. So you had a lot of success this summer in Europe, but we are gonna start inside the L, man. Like we said, you spent six years there. The stat lines have been going crazy, crazy in the NBA lately, man. But before, actually, you wanna know? I wanna ask before we get into the stat line and talk about why some of that is happening. What is equivalent in Europe to a 71, 11, and 8 stat line? 71, 11, and 8? In Europe. What's the equivalent to that? Now, for, the, for the listeners, the European game is 40 minutes, uh, so shorter game, obviously no defensive three seconds, all that. So, yeah, what, what's your opinion? What's the equivalent to that? So, yeah, it, it was, uh, I'd say, like 51, 11 assists for sure. That's about the same. But I think the NBA, they get like a couple more dribbles in. <laughs> Shit, a couple more. Then, then Europe, <laughs> yeah, a couple more. So I'd be like, maybe like eight, eight assists. <laughs> and, you know, same amount of boards. Same amount of boards. So you think, so you think eight assists. See, I would say, Goods, what you think? What you think? I mean, I think that, uh, I think I think around fifty points is about the same. I think the assist though, man, I, I think in the in the assist category, I think you'll probably get credited for probably about like seven or eight, you know what I mean, in Europe. 
and then eight more is yeah, yeah, probably around there. And then I th- I'd say rebounds. I think rebounds would be a little less too. I think it'll probably be about two less. You know, I think it'll probably be around like six to seven boards because you know it's a shorter game. Uh, I think you know they get For a lot sure. more FGAs up over there in the league. So, but I mean, I think uh, yeah, I mean in the in Europe, you dropping fifty and eight assists, man, that's that's crazy. That, that's tough. That's did, yeah, that's and, tough. Uh, what, what's your what's your yo? You got does he is he good in the screen? You got back up a little bit in the screen. Oh yeah, tilt yeah, tilt, yeah, tilt it up a little bit. What what is your what's your career high uh, points and assists? Same game. You know what it is in the Euroleague game. My in Euroleague. Uh, so I just recently uh, had thirty six. That's my uh, career high, and. Maybe like twelve assists, I believe. How, how many assists did you have in the thirty in the game where you had thirty six the other night? Uh, eight. See, to me, that's about fifties a lot. What's the Euroleague scoring record? Like forty nine, fifty? Ooh, uh, might be like forty. Was it like forty seven? It's I don't Maybe know. Shane, what, Shane, what Shane Shane had forty. It was like forty nine or something like that. It wasn't, I don't know yeah, if anybody touched fifty yeah. yet. I don't know if anybody touched fifty. So, yet. so to Shane me, like to me, I'm thinking it's more around that, around that like forty and eight. That the stat line, you just forty and eight, because especially the way the offenses are ran in Euroleague, like it's more equal opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Defenses are a little different. Like Donovan Mitchell, they not right. even really, they wasn't even really doubling him, but he got fifty nine in regulation. So. Europe, you start doing all that, they're going to start throwing all type of different coverages at you, yada, yada, yada. They're going to mix it up on you. You know what I'm saying? So I, I might I might have to stick with 40, 40 and 10, something like that, 40 and 8. I just, I just think about, like, the, the – I just think about the usage, man, like, on your legs, like, in Europe compared to – you know what I'm saying? Because it's more strategic in Europe. You start getting off, like, for, like, 18 – they gonna throw somebody on you full court, Facts. you know. You getting bumped a lot more Box, all the way, boxing all line. that. Yeah. So like, that, so yeah. even on your career night, like, what did your body feel like at the end of that game? Like, you know, how how tiring was that performance, or was it pretty free flowing? Man, honestly, it was. You know, after games, normally you just your adrenaline is just going still. So, I mean, you only feel it into the morning time. Mm-hmm. That's when your body's exhausted hurting you got all type of aches and pains but man it was just you know one of those feelings where you couldn't really explain it yeah i mean we took we took the l but you know you know important most important thing is winning but it was just like for my for my own accomplishment it was just a a real feeling I, i think it's time for hoopers i think the nba has got to this point too where i think it's time in europe where it's like if you have a game like that man Fuck that! Fuck that W or L. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, we all know, we all know it's a mixed emotion as is. Like you lose a game like that, and you kind of tight. You like, damn, you everybody want to win, but at the same time, you over here looking in the locker room like, I did my job, shit. You know what I'm saying? So, nah, 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 nah. You can't do that, shit. man. You, you I can't. can't. Do that. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> But I mean, like real talk though, like it is, it is a mix. I think every Hooper can admit like, all right, because at the end of the day, we playing for the team, no question, team first, but it's like, yo, you have a game like that, that's special, you know what I'm saying? So you should be able to, you should be able to for enjoy sure. a game like that, regardless of the outcome of the game, in my opinion. 
most definitely. I mean, you always should celebrate yourself at the end of the day, but you know, how it come that when it come down to it, them them uh them records matter. Exactly. Exactly. And I say, I mean, shoot, all right, y'all lost the game, but y'all still what right now? Like ten and six in your league, right? Eleven and five? Uh no, we we nine, nine and seven, seven okay. right now. We got a But in yeah. the in the playoff hunt, so it's like all right, you come down to the playoffs and it's like people not gonna really remember if y'all let's say y'all go to the final four, people ain't gonna remember that loss, but they're gonna remember you had thirty six and eight, you feel me? You know what I'm saying? So uh, that's just one thing. But anyway, let, let's jump back inside the L real quick, man. What what do y'all think is uh, the biggest reason for these insane stat lines that we're seeing in the NBA right now? Uh, I mean, my opinion, it's uh, a little bit everything. Because you got the spacing, and then you got talent. So you and both those two things, it's just, it's, it's hard to guard somebody who got both, who have, who have both, you know, leverages on their hand, especially with a guy like Luca, who's who whose pace is a little different from everybody else's. He sees a lot a lot of things more different than everybody, and he can make tough shots. He's a big guard, you know, rebounding. He does anything he wants to out there. Um, Giannis had like what he had fifty five and twenty something last night, twenty boards. Yeah. That's a, he a freight train, you know what I mean? He down, he downhill, dunking whatever you want to do. But like that, that spacing is a big deal in the in the L, in my opinion. With guys who have that much talent and ability to do what they want to out there. Yeah, I think too. I think the uh, the evolution of the uh, of the step back and and referees kind of allowing players, guards mainly, to create more space. You know what I mean? Because guys. You want to call it the James Harden step back or whatever it was. Guys wasn't doing that, let's say, like during Kobe's 81. You know what I'm saying? A lot of these moves probably would have been called a travel back then. So, you know, you look at it now, you have players that are, you know, everybody, well, a good portion of the stars can shoot the ball. So you give a good shooter uh, even more space, he's going to make more shots. You know what I'm saying? So I think the uh, the evolution of the rules in regards to the step back and just – you know, defensively, like, you can't touch nobody in the league. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's, 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 guys are getting to that line. They're living at that line, so. Yeah, sure. I, saw, I saw somebody use a word to describe the insane stat line on Twitter, and it said something about, like, heliocentrism. And first of all, I said heliocentrism. There ain't no place for the word heliocentrism in hoop talk. That's ridiculous. But he says stars' usage rates are higher than ever, and that's the main reason. Um, so I guess I just I, I bring that up for Zoe for you when you was in the league. What, what do you think? What do you, people say the defense isn't the same? So what's the difference between NBA defense and European defense? First of all, in your in your opinion, I mean, I mean, obviously the physicality of the game is a little different. Um, like you said, you really can't touch a guy in the NBA. Here, here they on your ass. You know what I mean? They bumping you grabbing you and all of that. You know what I'm saying? I think the league doesn't get to that point until the playoffs. So when you regular season mode, they are, you know, a little bit lax on the defensive end. So you that's why I feel like, like you said, you have guys are scoring those 50s and 70s and 60-point games because of that reason right there. And like I said, with the spacing, if you got a guy not contesting or touching you, you got the freedom to do what you want to. Facts. 
And then there you and there you have those setbacks and hezzies and you know getting to the rim and throwing lobs to the big because it's like you know it's no three seconds in the in the league, so you can't you can't help as much as you want to, and that in that spacing area is just free free world right so there. So do you think that the length of the the def- the length of the defense in the NBA is more bother even though you can't touch anybody? You think the length in the NBA is more bothersome defensively than maybe the physicality of your league or not so much? Uh, not so much. Because I feel like you can you can create, if you're a good player or you got that type of talent, you can create the space if you want to. Relent shouldn't matter. But if somebody's being physical with you and, you know, all up in your personal space, then there's not much you can do except call for a screen or, you know, work your, work your move and get around them. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, yeah. That's. I feel like the length. I feel like length probably matters a little more uh, in regards to like passing lanes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like throwing that skip pass or trying to get the pass over. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Those, you see a lot of deflections in the league. You know, coming through uh, through passing lanes and whatnot. I think that's where the length comes into play. Because I mean, one on one. I mean, you could. If you're six four, you could get your shot off against somebody that's six seven, six eight. Like we've all been in those situations, whether you're in Europe or you're in the, in the league or any other level. But I think that uh, you know, judging you know the flight of the ball and things like that when you pass in that rock, I think that's where the link really comes into play. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think I think the link really puts pressure on you to make shots too. Like if you're not making shots, like for that reason, because it's I feel like to me. When you play against the best defenses are the ones, all right, yeah, obviously you have ball pressure, but the length on the backside is the ones that are always guys that are covering crazy ground or Xing out and getting to your shooters and all that. Those are the hardest defenses that have always been – or those are what have been the hardest defenses I've always seen because now it's like if you're not willing to score the ball and shit, what you really going to do? You know what I'm saying? And I guess in the mm-hmm. league, obviously. Um, so I, I, I guess I say that to – for Luca and those guys, I feel like it's easy because they're expected to score the ball. But for guys that were, you know, second point guards like Yoselzo or, you know, whatever, I feel like the pressure to score the ball is what makes it difficult to play against those NBA defenses. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. Most definitely. No, I agree. So, but either way, man. So, yeah, we move on real quick. You know, 10-day contracts are allowed to be signed starting January 5th. So we gonna let's go on, let's go into your uh, NBA journey a little bit, man. What was your mentality uh when you got your first 10-day and how did it change over time? Oh man. You're taking me back a little <laughs> bit. So uh my first 10-day, it was with uh I think Minnesota. And uh this was my second year in. And I think a bunch of those guys had got, they were hurt. This when Minnesota was going through their little rebuilding year, I should say. And they had Levine, uh, Rubio, Wiggins, and all those guys that just came in. Um, so my first game was against the Celtics. And uh, obviously Rubio was hurt, and it was just me. Like, I had I had to play because they, we had like seven players. And uh, my whole thought process was just <laughs> – not not to mess up, not to mess up my opportunity, you know what I mean? Because, you, like, you got one shot for real at that time. If it's 10 days, you know, you're trying to make the best of your opportunity. And I played decent, you know what I mean? I played, I'm not, like, maybe, what, almost, like, 15 minutes that game, maybe 20, I'm not sure. But 
it was a decent little game for me, man. And I was just more more happy that I got through it than, you know, than just fumbling. You know what I mean? So Yo, that was probably the best part. How like so? I mean, I remember when I was in the D League, man, and I remember we had we had a player. We were literally in practice in the morning, running suicides. He got a call and he was on TNT at night. So, what was like the the lag time in between getting the call up, getting and then getting in the game? Uh, it wasn't bad, man, because it, it was just like some, the next day thing. You know what I mean? So the time time wasn't uh, the time difference wasn't that that big the big of a gap so okay. i mean it was cool i don't think i was with the uh, springfield springfield armor yeah, i think that yeah. was the name at the yeah. time i think they're the they're uh grand rapids drive right now but that's where i was so it was kind of just like from point a to point b okay man when you were getting them 10 days what part of what part of your game was clicking the most from a, a passing shooting like what what did you feel most confident in at the time uh, so when I was getting my 10 days, man, I felt like I just needed to focus on being a creator than anything, because I, I don't, I'm not too sure if, you know, if teams just want, uh, the, I wasn't too sure if teams wanted like a guy from the dealer just coming down, shooting whatever shot he wanted to, you know what I mean? You know, but I feel like my, my whole process was to be a creator and then, once I got, you know, comfortable with that, and then I can work my move to try to get some baskets. Did you uh, did you feel more comfortable, let's say, like on – because you had multiple 10 days. Did you feel comfortable as you started to get, you know, the uh, the second, the third call up? Did you feel like, all right, I'm a little more comfortable? You know, was it, uh, was it an easier transition than, like, the first time? Like, did you know what to expect? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, once – after the first few, you know, it was just like, okay, now I'm kind of adjusting to what they see in my game or what they want me to do. So I just felt like just going out there and being me was the most important part of getting those 10 days. Yeah. Because I look at, like, I remember back in the day, man, there were so many players that were, you know, it wasn't always like the, the top scorer in the league that got the call up. You know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes you'd have a guy out there dropping 40, 50 points, and you'd be like, oh, he for sure getting caught up, and then he don't. But, you know, the other guy that, right. that had the triple-double, you know what I'm saying, a week ago, you know, he was the one that ended up getting the call-up. Like, was there uh, – how were things going for you in the G League, you know, at that particular – you know, obviously it was multiple times, but, like, how were things going for you in the G League in regards to, like, where you, like – leading the league in assists or, you know what I'm saying, what was uh, what was really popping at that time? Man, honestly, I was doing a little bit of everything, man. So I was just trying to be more consistent in anything. Um, obviously, I'm scoring the ball pretty well, and being a PG is what I do best. So, I mean, I felt like that – like you said, like those guys who were getting those 40 and 30 points a game, I don't think the league – looks for that in a sense. I mean, they know we all can score. You know, that's a part of the game. But if you aren't clicking with a certain, you know, concept they're looking for in their team, then how you gonna how you how you gonna how you gonna put you in the mix? Man. 
Let's let's I, I wanna I wanna take it around the world, man, for our, for around the world segment. You spend a lot of time in the in the league, uh clearly. But when you decided to to first of all, was it difficult to make that decision to leave the league? Uh I don't wanna say give up the NBA dream because but I wanna was it difficult to make the decision to go over to Europe the first time? Man, honestly, I I tried to come to Europe after my first year in the NBA, but it was kind of like um, I don't know. It was I could say medical issue that they thought was a something going on with me, but I came back and I did the D League again, and then I tried again the next year, and it was the same thing. So I kind of just like gave up on Europe. I'm just like All right, I'm not. You know, I'm not about to do this. I've been to China, too, as well, a few times. So I just kind of like, I was like, I'm not going to do this European move. I'm just going to try to work my move in the G League and see if I still have some fighting for this NBA NBA job. But, I mean, uh, once that, I guess, the last try in Toronto didn't go as planned, I was just like, let me just give it another try. So I really wasn't afraid to make the make the jump, but it was just the uh, it was just the uh, I guess the mishaps on the other other end that was going on. Interesting, interesting. Was there some type of like because when you when you came to Europe, you hit the ground running like you was killing immediately. So I like honestly, there's not a lot of guys I think that just come to Europe like that and just make an impact immediately. So was there like uh, was there like regret of any kind. I don't want to say regret, but was there anything like, damn, I wish I would have done this or I wish they wouldn't have been tripping earlier, or was it just kind of like, uh, whatever? Yeah, man, I still I still wish that, you know, things were, were went a little different my first time coming into Europe, but you know, you just gotta roll with the punches, man. You can't uh just think back on the past, but just, you know, move forward. And that was just my whole my whole concept of this whole little game of basketball I got going on <laughs> no doubt no doubt I mean Europe obviously Europe embraced you man but your your success this summer at Eurobasket was crazy something unprecedented man for the for those that don't know uh, you played with the Spanish national team went bonkers with the Spanish national team and was a naturalized citizen which is almost I, I don't I don't even know what to compare that to what would y'all compare that to a naturalized player a black naturalized player with the Spanish national team at that <laughs> man like like that's that's really unheard of like and it's special again so uh um, there was a little backlash with that wasn't it with yeah. uh what you getting uh what you getting the passport what, what 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 kind of things were you hearing like around the media and stuff like that uh man, honestly, bro, I try to I try to stay away from all that, man. But I mean, you know, you have family who who look out for you, so they they online and they sending me this. They like, oh, what they what's going on? Like we need to come, to, we need to go to Spain. I'm just like, man, look, I don't know what's going on, but you know, we get I'll figure it out, you know. But I made a few texts and I was trying to figure out what was the issue and. And it really wasn't anything. It was just a bunch of media media talk, man. So just got it out the way and kept it moving. Yeah, nah, you are, I mean, you are definitely, obviously, <laughs> you are a great addition to that team, man. I think, like, you know, I, I watched the whole tournament, and I remember just being in the arena, and everybody was like, nobody thought Spain had a chance. You know what I'm saying? In regards to, like, winning it. Obviously, like, France was loaded um, and, and things of that nature. 
But you guys just played, like, great basketball. And I think that, um, man, especially – I forgot what game that was that went to overtime, man. You just, like – it's funny because I remember in that oh, game – Lithuania. I remember, I remember whoever was guarding you in the third quarter – I was like, if they don't take this dude off of Lorenzo, <laughs> I'm like, they about to get killed. And I remember you was chilling, and then it was just almost like towards the end of the fourth, you just turned it on, and it was just murder season. And, um, sure. you know, uh, I was really impressed with uh, with your performance. But what was it like, man, just playing in Eurobasket, man? Because I felt like, you know, Eurobasket, I mean, there were just so many, like, NBA players, and you really got to see, like, you know, some of the great – you know, international players that have been playing in the league, you know, now playing with their home countries, man. I thought the competition was, it was elite, you know, this summer. Yeah, man. Like you say, elite competition, you know, you get a chance to play in front of thousands of people. And it's just like, it was like no other feeling, man. I mean, you know, I had to do some research on those, on my teammates and my Spanish teammates as well, man, because those guys were, They've been playing each other since they were like 14, 15 years old. And I, I didn't know that, you know, but by talking to them and, and they just gave me the rundown and everything, it, it kind of made it more special just for me to be involved in something like that. So, I mean, I just fell in line. You know, I couldn't come in thinking I was going to be just a one-man army because that's not how the game goes in, in Eurobasket. It's a team team effort and – I mean, those guys, they, they led they led the way for me, for real, man. And I, and I really appreciate that from their end. Yeah, I remember during the Eurobasket tournament, Shane Larkin had tweeted, like, you know, uh, and I'm not, I'm not saying this directly, but he said something to the effect of, like, you know, I'm not the same player in with my team in EuroLeague as I am with, with Eurobasket. It's a completely different team, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, you coming in, obviously being a naturalized citizen and, you know, these other players have, uh, have been together so long. Like, it seemed to me that, you know, you were kind of picking your spots, like where to kill and then just kind of just making sure like everybody was happy and, you know, just kind of, you know, in a good mood. So, like, how what, what was your mentality going in there as a point guard, especially because, you know, the ball's in your hands and stuff like that? Like, you know, what was your... What was your mentality in regards to making sure that the chemistry was still good and then also, you know, stepping in when you needed to? Uh, man, just my whole mentality was to read my teammates. Um, I mean, we, we practiced enough to, for me to figure out what were they, what were they good at, what, what they were good at, and where were, they, where were their spots. So I feel like that was my job as a point guard, just to figure that out first and then work my, work my move into doing me. So, I mean, once I figure out what their pinpoints were to be be them, it kind of helped me in a sense to do what I wanted to do out there. Man, we, we talked about you scoring 36 this year, and you've obviously been having a crazy season in EuroLeague. But what what did it do for your game at Eurobasket to steal the show like that, like you did amongst all that elite competition? Like Good said, like people – I mean, again, American audience might not know, but you got Jokic, Giannis, uh, Laurie Markin, and even on your yeah. own team, Rudy Fernandez. Like there's some, there were some some dogs in this tournament. Big names. So, yeah, for, so for you to come in – and honestly, I, I in my opinion, you still didn't even really get the, the – 
the overall recognition that you deserve from a from a media standpoint. But we are the Hoopers, you know people that watch know. So what did that do for your game sure. to come in and uh, and kind of steal the show? JT, like that? he was the MVP, man. He, he no was question. the MVP. No nah, he no was the MVP, man. Because <laughs> no that, there's one thing with performing, but like the timely performances. You know what I'm saying, like. He, that yeah, team would have lost three games ago. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? He's like, not going to say it, but we all know, and for the audience, that Spain Spain does not win. I don't know if Spain gets to the Final Four without you on that team. So, And and honestly, I, I played with Sebastian Size, your teammate, and I I straight up told him that. <laughs> he was like, just started laughing, man. He just started laughing. So, uh, nah, That's my guy right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So, but anyways, yeah, yeah, so yeah. yeah, what did that do for your game to, to, to steal the show and play at an MVP level amongst names like Giannis, Jokic, Lurie Marketing? And for your confidence. Man, it, I feel like it, it, it did a lot for me, man. I think it honestly did a lot for Europe, the European market as well because it kind of opened their eyes to see that I can compete with whoever and I can do the things I do on the court because I guess at first they probably thought of me as a one-dimensional a pass first guy mm-hmm. and then you're a basket hit and now I'm scoring plus amount of points and getting assists and it kind of just like I said opened their eyes to this guy could really do you know multiple things this and that yeah. so yeah for sure so I mean, it's it worked out for the best, man. So I'm, I'm I, mean, I thank God and I thank Coach Sergio for giving me the opportunity, man. Absolutely. Hey, how did, my bad. How, how how did it come about? Uh, you getting on the Spanish national team? Uh, yeah, man. So it was it was just it was really random. Not gonna lie to you, because I was in uh, Kazan last year, and uh, you know, I played with uh, Mario Hazonia, and uh, the Croatian team wanted me to join at first. And I, and I was looking into that, but, uh, then I got the call from my agent about the Spanish, the Spain, the Spain, the Spanish team. And I knew coach Sergio from Toronto and that kind of just like was a deal breaker right there. Cause you know, I'm familiar with them and I'm familiar with what he does on and off the court. So that was a deal breaker. And I, I spoke, spoke with him and that, the rest is history. So you ain't you ain't from Barcelona on your grandma's side or nothing like that on your, on your, no. your, on your mama's mama's side. Yeah, man. Yeah, that'd no. be fire though for sure. Nah, I remember you know just looking back at that tournament, man. Like I felt like Lori Marketing, you know, played amazing. You know, I think you had a great tournament as well, and it seems like both of y'all kind of built off of that momentum, and then just kind of you know just built off of that success from the summer into this EuroLeague season where you're having, uh, statistically, you're having probably uh, your best EuroLeague season. Do you think that the, uh, you think there was a, EuroBasket kind of helped you get into rhythm, you know, early, and that's kind of why you were, you know, able to 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 start off so hot this year? Yeah, for sure, man. I think it was just a momentum booster, you know, um, and it allowed me to learn the game a little more because my first couple years in Europe, you know, First year was COVID year. The season ended early, so I really couldn't adjust like how I wanted to. Second year was a little, a little weird for me. Um, third year was last year with Russia, and then the year ended early because of the war. And now I'm where I am now, so I just feel like it's just a timing thing. I mean, once you, I feel like once a player figure, figures out the game and picks his spots the right way what they're good at, do what they're good at and not what they're bad at, you know, yeah. they kind of work out 
It's, it's crazy you said, because I was literally just thinking before. Right when you asked that question, I was thinking, like, when you play, when you... It's like it's like a video game at that point. It's like you unlock a certain level of your game or whatever, and it's like the game just slows down to you. And it's like I feel like at that point, the only thing that can make it speed back up is like an injury or something. Or you get as long as you stay in that rhythm sure, and you sure. keep playing or something like that. Like you're just kind of stuck there, and then you're trying to unlock that next level. And you know what I'm saying? So that's that's kind of dope to hear you break it down like that. Most well, definitely, man. No, it's cool. It's a cool feeling, man. I'm just you know. I, count my blessings every day man i'm not gonna lie to you so what what is what is the next step like for you individually uh like how do you i mean obviously you you're gonna make enough you're gonna make money you're gonna play at the highest level in europe you're gonna do i mean the world the basketball world specifically in europe is in your hands right now but how do you stay how do you stay motivated how do you continue to push yourself on a daily basis to to try and challenge yourself uh, man the way i push myself is to stay motivated and you know be happy out there man because it could all be so much worse than what's going on right now so I mean staying in the gym um getting my shots up working on my ball handling every day and you know being being the competitor that I am and making my teammates better man because I feel like they'd make me better as well if I'm competing with them I got the right teammates to do that right now for sure. Yeah, y'all got a y'all got a nice little whip over there. Is EJ still over there with y'all? Or he he's gone now. No, no, he uh he's gone. I know he was right now. I think he was here for the yeah, for, he was here for a few at the beginning. Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. okay. Because you got the Euroleague uh, most competitive. Yeah, nah, man. Cool. I was uh, I, I've been looking around, man, and just you know every. You know, you start looking around Twitter and everything. Everybody's talking about how competitive this EuroLeague season is. I mean, even like, you know, you guys sitting at nine and seven, you know, you're still with like two games out of first place. Like, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. uh, it's crazy from like top to bottom. I mean, it's uh, it, it definitely wasn't like this last year. And, um, you know, right. this year it's, uh, it's, it's crazy competitive. So, how is this? How is this yearly season? You know, look different to you um, compared to seasons before. Why do you think it's so competitive now? Uh, honestly, I think there's just more talent out there, and then you got, like you said, it's guys coming from the it's, it's guys coming from the NBA who have that length that we were just speaking of that can play defense as well. So. And then they can score that rock too, so it's a little, it's a little bit of everything going on out there right now. So it's kind of hard to explain, man. But you know, you just gotta, you gotta roll with it and see, see how it goes. I mean, everybody's out here competing to be who they want, who they are. You know, who they want to be at least. So I'm just, you know, trying to do me at this point. Yeah, man. I feel like the, uh, you know, I think. The guards in Euroleague this year, it just seems like more guards are coming back over, man. Like, you know, the smaller guards, like you look at like Marcus Howard and, you know, Cassius mm-hmm. Winston's over here now and, and things of that nature. Uh, I mean, the guard play, I think this year is just, it's crazy. You know what I'm saying? You got great guards on every team, man, I, top to bottom. I think, I think, I think Marcus Howard got the, the, worst best job or the or the yeah the worst best job or the best worst job in the world because it's I feel like it's the most fun <laughs> like you you just a microwave he come in and just cook and just get buckets 
But when that ball ain't going through, they'd be looking at you crazy as hell. Like, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, bro, what you doing, uh, buddy, buddy can he can shoot his ass man, off, he's tough, man. Bro. He's, he's got a clip. He's tough. Bro, he, he, averaging like, he averaging like 15 points, and he only playing 20 minutes a game. Yeah. Like, I was yeah, watching the game shit. earlier today. He had like he had like 11 in the first half in like nine minutes of play. Like, dude. Dude on another level, but he got that he got that green light over there though. Yeah. Green. That thing green, boy. Fluorescent. I ain't mad at him <laughs> though. Go get it. Yeah, he had Sergio Lil, I think he was with that step back. I was like, oh no. Oh yeah. yeah. With the uh with the D Wade <laughs> joint. Yeah, <bro>. <laughs> <laughs> pullback. You can't be doing that to the legends, man. Yeah, you can't be doing that to the legends right, right, right. That's that's exactly <laughs> who you gotta do it to. <laughs> so that's that's, that's yeah, the first sure. person you gotta do it to. They're out there sending message. Sure. But man, let's jump into the culture, man. Europe, we're gonna do a little European culture, uh European basketball culture today. And the big question on our minds, and I'm sure on yours and a lot of Euroleague players as well, maybe the ELPA will institute this, but should the Euroleague institute an all-star weekend? I think so. I feel like every other league has it. Why not? If they, you know, since we're the biggest, you know, best best league, why not have it? That's a way to generate more money as well. So, especially, and it's good for the fan base too. Like, you can see every, all your best players join in on one team and compete. Like, why not? Well, yeah, I think, I think like when you just have the EuroLeague Final Four, you just got four teams and whatever players are on those four teams are in the spotlight. And I think having an all star weekend. Now you get to incorporate those other players and recognize them, you know what I'm saying, that maybe mm-hmm. their teams aren't going to make it into the final four, you know what I'm saying. I think it's uh, – and I think it's great for the league to see, you know, the mm-hmm. best players of the league, you know, being recognized and, and things of that nature. But, yeah, I'd I, I like to see a, a EuroLeague All-Star weekend, man. I think it would uh, – I think it would be dope. I think I think at this point it's absolutely mandatory. Just the way basketball is, like it's time to acknowledge that basketball isn't what it used to be. I think Europe needs to do that. Some places are doing that. It's not. It's a sport. It's a sport. It's competitive, but it's entertainment at the end of the day. And it's entertainment, like, it's, man, it's for sure. Entertainment and media. That's 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 what sports are at the end of the day. And you know. I, honestly, I think it would just be, like you said, it would just be dope to see guys who, you know, who's going who's gonna to win the three-point uh, three contest, EuroLeague three-point contest. Right. Who do I think yeah, will win? Yeah, I think going to win it. But, oh, that's tough. I'm about to say Austin uh, Holland. It's about to be biased, biased as hell. No, no, no. Austin, my dog, too. My no, dog. no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably, probably go like Billy Barron. Yeah, Billy got a clip on him too. Marcus, Marcus Billy, Billy Marcus. Mm-hmm. Boy, if uh, if what's the name was uh, if Buddy was playing from uh, Alba, uh, Erickson, Erickson, yeah, Erickson he got, got a, a clip. clip. Yeah, <laughs> he got a clip. He is a crazy. Clip. Yeah. And who, no, it's, a, it's, a, it's a couple of good shooters in the Euro League, man, for sure. Yeah. What about what about the dunk contest? Dunk contest. See, I don't know. I don't really be seeing guys like do no crazy dunks like that, but I seen dudes get up though. 
Nebo head at the rim every time. Nebo, he Nebo has dumb bounce, but he can't do no. He can't do nothing spectacular though. He just, okay. he just jump. no finesse. He's a high huh? jumper. No, yeah, he is a high jumper. He is a high jumper. Hey, that's an import DJ. Import DJ in that mug yeah. from the Cup. Hey, dude, crazy. Shoot, they, we were just talking about him about the day too. They they might even have to. It might not even be a bad idea to incorporate as far as like the skills competition and the dunk. Okay, the game maybe it's just Euro League players, but maybe you incorporate Euro Cup guys as well in the dunk contest and the three point contest. So, uh, potentially nah, they, need to, they need to kill the skills competition. Y'all don't get yeah, whatever, yeah, I'd I'm rather saying. I'd rather I'd rather watch somebody play one on one than watch. Honestly, the honestly, I like I like the new skills competition though with the teams. I kind of like it. I think I think it's I think it's a dope concept because what what they do now they have. Uh, they have like the three guys from each team, right? Like they had the Cavs last year. They need to switch up the teams. They had Giannis and his brothers in there just cause, like that. That didn't make sense. Enter- entertainment. Man. Enter- what they nah, doing? I, I was not entertained. Yeah. I was. I was disgusted. <laughs> <laughs> was, this is a skills competition. You got the masses out there, man. I hope the Nassas come on this show one day, man, because if he see me. That's my dog, man. Hey, call him. Tell, tell him pull up, man, because if he see me after listening to the show, he might whoop my ass. Like, he, might, he, might, he might try and fight me. But, nah, so, yeah. Who else? It was Alex, the Nassas, and Giannis, right? Or was it? No, or Coast. I don't remember. It don't matter. But either way. Yeah, it's too many of them. It's a bunch yeah, of them, oh, boy. Yeah, I, I didn't realize it. Yeah, there's a lot of them, man. It's a lot of them. But yeah, nah, for sure. But, paycheck uh, rain check. Nah, moving forward, man. We got a paycheck rain check. Somebody's paycheck is taking a rain check, man. The focus today is uh, Tyler Dorsey. You know, he's uh, he's waiting out. It's uh, ten days are now officially able to get signed, and uh, he I guess he got a couple offers after getting let go from the from the mass. He got a couple offers in Europe, but he decided to uh he's holding out to see what ten day opportunities arise. So my question is for to y'all, if y'all had like a European well, I guess Lorenzo has a European passport, you know, would you still at this point in your career right now, like let's say you you coming off a two way, would you would you wait for a uh, a ten day or would you just Go back over to Europe and, and take the bag. See, I'm I'm a little older, so you know I got I got I gotta make my European, you know, thing happen. But mm-hmm. I feel like uh, Dorsey's a lot he's a lot younger, man. So he he can still have that dream of being an NBA player. So I feel like he's doing the right thing for himself. Cause I feel like he has a he has the talent to be an NBA player. And he can work his move or be a he can, he's a he's a knockdown shooter. So I feel like that's what teams are looking for. And he can he scores that right, he can do what he wants to, man. I feel like he's a good player. He can really make that make that push in the NBA. I think honestly, I think the two way once once you off the two way, I think nowadays, especially someone of his caliber, I feel like the ten day is a little bit of a waste of time for someone like him. Just because I think I think there's ways, you know, like obviously, though you know what it is. You played six years, me and Good. We, you know, we chased it. It's it's like chasing a girl, man. Like you can't go, you can't be too thirsty for it. And for for someone as good as he is, I think him just coming over to Pana or whatever it is and doing his thing, he's gonna be right back in that situation in the summertime, in my opinion. So it's not. I feel like, yeah, okay, you're gonna get a ten day in in 
Dallas or whatever, Toronto, whatever it may be. And it's not, 10 days not really a real opportunity. Like, you want to make them come get you, right? So I just feel like, I don't want to say a waste of his talent, but I just feel like it almost, for him, it comes off a little too, a little too, like, aggressive, for lack of a better term. Like, he should just go hoop. He's going to do his thing. Let it come to him, man. Like, he's, he's going to be, he's going to be right back in that situation in the summertime. So, that's just But I opinion. think he had, like, I mean, he had some crazy games, like, right before Dallas mm-hmm. um, letting go. I mean, he was averaging, like, I want to say over his last six games or something, probably, like, a week or two before they let him go. Like, he was averaging, like, 38 over, like, his last, like, six games. He had some – he was putting up some crazy numbers or something crazy. But, um, like, I, I get it. I mean, he got the Greek passport. He's always going to be able to sign with, you know, Pana or Olympiacos. True. You know what I'm saying? And while you're young, like, shoot your shots. You're going you're gonna to walk into that bread. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like – so I don't think there's – it's too much of a thirst. And he's already proven himself. Like, proved himself in Eurobasket. True. Proved himself in the G League. You know what I mean? He does have that wiggle room right now. I think he has that 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 freedom because he's, he's done enough for this season that people are still going to want him, even if he doesn't play another game this season, I think. That's very true. That's very, very true. Yeah. Must you be know. nice. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, hey, uh, hey, Zo. So, I remember, like, a couple times we'd be uh, – we when we post your highlights, man, people be calling you one of the pace gods. Is 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 your pace like on the on the pick and rolls and things like that? Like obviously, it's it's different from especially in Europe. Like you know, I don't see a lot of guards. You know, uh, you know, with the hesitations and things like that. Is that something you work on, or is that just instinct and feel? Man, to be honest, man, I gotta give uh, that up to my uh, god brother Ryan Hero, man, because. We were, uh, we were always – he was always the guy with the handles. I met Ryan when I was, like, nine years old. And uh, I will go up his crib and down the street from where he lived, down a couple houses down was Hot Sauce's, uh, his manager. And then all the N1 guys – all the N1 guys would be down there sometimes. And, you know, we will watch what they do. And that's how, you know, how, how all the handles and all that came from. So and I just mimicked, I mimicked on what I seen Ryan doing, and I was just watching one tapes, and that's where it came from, man. Just you know, watching the game, being being a fan of what was going on at the time. That's dope. <laughs> that's yeah, super that's, dope, man. That's yeah, super dope. Crazy, I played man. against I played against Ryan back in the day, man. He was he was a tough cover. He was he was For nice, sure. man. He had a handle on it. He's no, he what, what's he doing now? Where you fighting the injury, man? He just had two okay. back surgeries, man. So he's trying to get oh, his wow. stuff together. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Well, that's all we got for you, man. This is the Role Player Podcast. That's Lorenzo Brown, man. We appreciate you joining us. Make sure y'all go follow us on Switch YouTube page, Twitter handle the under the Role Player the Role P <laughs> underscore the Role P. On Instagram, man, I've been struggling with that one. You know, just forget Twitter. (laughs) Instagram, (laughs) at the Role Player Pod, man. Check us out every week. We'll be back with a new guest uh, coming with more stories and all that. I am Jordan Taylor. That's Anthony Goods. We appreciate you joining us, man. We'll catch y'all next time.